All right, time to spin. See what we get for our topic today. Spin that wheel. We need to talk. Why don't lobsters <laughs> eat? <laughs> Hoping that one wouldn't come up. Time to time to spin again. <laughs> it, I, no, no, no. We have to fucking talk about that. Nah. Nathan, we need to talk about it. And if we run out, then we spin it again in the middle of the fucking show. You can't write it down without an idea of what the fuck you're going to be talking about. <sighs> hey, Peppin. Yo, 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 yo. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about uh, Buschetti. Buschetti? Wait, yeah. what was that? Uh, he's that actor who was in Fargo. Is that a movie? Yeah. Is it good? It's a TV show, too. Oh. But, yeah, the movie. He was also in a lot of Adam Sandler stuff. Mm-hmm. Steve I Buschetti. Sounds kind of tasty, to be honest. Yeah, it sounds kind of like a sea crustacean. <laughs> sea crustacean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. As opposed to one of those sky crustaceans. <laughs> I, 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 I want to see a sky crustacean. That just sounds interesting. <laughs> the shrimp heaven now. <laughs> I don't know where it's going, but, uh, oh, meter, we need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Peppin. How's it going today, Peppin? Yo, yo, I am doing well. And you, Meter, how is your day? It's going great, right? Today, we spun a wheel <laughs> of topics. And Nathan had put in some that he called, what do you call them? Troll? Meme? <sighs> Troll memes? Y yeah. Moles? Well so typically we don't spin wheels and I was stupid enough to put this on there because usually we just look at them like oh yeah that's just a stupid Peppin one right let's just skip it right yeah and I, I spun we've it we've had some of those on here for a long time <laughs> it, 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 so, so I spun it and then it's like oh it landed on that one and then Peter's like uh, sorry Nate we're discussing that I'm like mm. and there like, has to be consequences for your actions Nathan and that's what today is. Now the question is, why don't lobsters eat more pasta? And I think the bigger question is, what the fuck does that mean and why did you put it on the list? <sighs> okay. For, first, before I give my answer, yeah, I want you to tell me what you think it might mean. Uh, I think this has a lot to do with the mixing of cultures and with the nature of man. Okay. How, how so? Like, wh where does the mixing of cultures come into play? 
the mixing of cultures comes into play when you're thinking of lobster you're not thinking of pasta right you're not thinking of these two things together lobster now there is you know there's lobster pasta i had lobster ravioli the other day but they're not really synonymous you know pasta is like a like an italian thing and lobster when i think of lobster i'm thinking of like new england and i'm thinking of um you know the the more of those upper coastal areas so when i'm thinking of why don't lobsters eat pasta it's like why doesn't this culture and this culture like why why is there some sort of a disconnect between those two things i don't when i think of italy i never think of new england they're not they're, they're like conflicting in my brain mm-hmm. uh, and i also think this has to do with the nature of man like why did man take this thing that grows on the earth and process it to the point that there are like hundreds of different types of this exact thing that all have the exact same case case use and that is to make a meal why don't lobsters do that mm-hmm. they're they're smart they don't have to deal with the nervous system so why don't they eat some why don't they eat pasta so i think you are mostly um saying something there and that thing uh-huh. i agree with okay i mean there's a lot I can take from that. So, for instance, the mixing of the cultures, right? Because there's just these certain ideas, like you're saying, that like you don't associate them together. And then when you put them together next to each other, you're like, oh, yeah. And a great example of that actually is uh, Coca-Cola uh, put out this product where it's called like Coca-Cola coffee or something like that. And you might think first, like, uh, what? Those two don't work. Why would you even do that? Who thought to do that? Yeah. But then you try it out and then you realize that, hey, coffee actually has a little bit of a Coca-Cola taste or rather Coca-Cola has a tiny bit of a coffee taste to it. And then you can kind of see where they mixed and there must have been some person this with a very unique sense of taste or maybe some sort of food chemist who kind of looked at the two molecules and were like, huh, these are kind of similar. You know what's really interesting to me, Nathan? Mm-hmm. The word more. More? <laughs> the word more in this sentence that you wrote that you need to justify why don't lobsters eat more pasta this implies that there is some amount of pasta that lobsters eat well have you ever seen a lobster eat pasta no that's why i think that's a fucking absurd sentence i mean we could go with the opposite question too which might be equally true have you ever seen a lobster not eat pasta do you can't prove a negative do lobsters eat pasta we're googling this one okay lobster pasta is not (laughs) what i'm looking for lobsters lobster uh consuming so like if if you think about it there's got to be some pre-imitation somewhere in universe where that's happened right because the universe as far as we can tell might be infinite and if there's an infinite space then everything has happened within that <laughs> infinite space now i'm not saying that it it's required that some multiverse exists or that we're in a multiverse and this one of those universes has a lobster that eats pasta because i think it's quite possible that there's been some sick and twisted person or maybe they're quite awesome who has taken pasta and fed it to a lobster Possibly. This 
this I'm I'm ignoring everything you're fucking saying. I have Googled do lobsters eat pasta and it has taken me to rhymezone.com <laughs> where there are significant mentions of lobster used in all forms of works of artistic works as nouns, names, or verbs. And I think it's important that we read a couple of these. The first one that they want everyone, the first most significant mention of lobster, according to rhymezone.com, is from the film MASH. And it says, you put me right off my fresh fried lobster. You realize that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this one says, I want this lobster served up on a silver platter. And that's from Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Oh, I think I remember that one. And this one says, but beneath the hard crust of the lobster is found a delectable and luscious food. And that is from New York City. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All of New York City, a popular, popular phrase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're getting at is that per- per- perhaps if lobsters had the ability to grow wheat underwater in the ocean that maybe through enough time that wheat could be processed through their claws. Because I think this is a reason why they have claws. Uh, some people will theorize it's something to do with defending themselves or m- maybe scratching themselves like in, in hard-to-reach places. And uh, I-, I think maybe more it's there to cut wheat. And, okay, I'm going to go crazy on a limb right here. I, I think there might be an evolutionary past that kind of got lost to society or lost to time because... You know, they're just too fucking awesome where they actually would harvest wheat and grind it up using th- their their pincers and make maybe not quite pasta, but a pseudo pasta. I mean, we didn't need to make pasta. Really, all it's going to be is flour, which is made from wheat and water, a bit of salt. They have water, a bit of salt right there. All they need is the wheat. I think I figured it out. It's right. from a Wiz Khalifa song called Elevated from the album Khalifa in which a young Wiz says young Edwards <laughs> No, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Nathan, why is this this so this was a troll. That this is my official my official guess on why you put this on there is because you thought this was a troll that I was going to look at in six months and be like, what the fuck does that mean? And we were going to laugh and never talk about it. Well, I just find it carthotic because like sometimes when I'm writing out these ideas, I get bored. Uh-huh. And so I just say the thing, first thing that comes to my head and mm-hmm. I guess got to put it down because I think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it is a troll, but I think it's a positive troll. Because it's something that we both look at and say, what the fuck? And then I say, look at him like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, huh, can we do an episode on that? No way. No. Turns out we can't. (laughs) (laughs) From 417, from back in April, here's another list you had. Here's one on the list, Nate. Do lobsters always look both ways? I mean, if you think about it, it's a great question. Because, like, I don't think I've seen a lobster cross the street, but... Could it even look both ways if it tried? And mm-hmm. you know you're always supposed to look both ways. I've seen actually crabs cross the street, 
and uh, they actually, in some places, have these little bridges to cross across, and I think it's, like, very, very cute and awesome. Okay. But do lobsters always look both ways? Uh, well, I don't know, because I think it's something you have to, like, experiment with, right? And, like, I saw this video of, like, a lobster, like, in, like, the, uh, like, a little aquarium, and it was kind of funny because it kind of crawled in the sand, and there's another lobster on the other side, and it had, like, a sand war because they kept on, like, putting sand in the other lobster's thing. And they were definitely kind of looking around like, hey, who's throwing sand? And so it does make me wonder that if they were going to cross the street, would they do the same thing? Because they already have that implicit behavior in their, say, territorial, you know, uh, conjunctions. But would that behavior fall onto crossing the road? But is that not... Uh, like uh, a bad analogy to compare the two things. If you're saying that they're doing that for a territorial reason because they want to see where a thing is coming from versus crossing the street, the reason you're looking both ways is to check for danger. Those are two separate things. One would be a danger unheard, and one is a danger that they're actively seeing and trying to seek out. Uh-huh. So, 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 so territorial type stuff is very dangerous too because what often happens is another thing comes in there and it slits your throat while you're sleeping, right? Mm-hmm. And lobsters can actually do that with their claws because they have mm-hmm. like the, you know, the serrated stuff on there. And that serration there is actually cut through other lobsters. Uh, mm-hmm. you no, know, well, did you know? Uh, I didn't know that either. And so it's, it's that sense of danger actually has transference into atypical situations. Now, my main question is, is their vision good enough to see cars, right? Mm-hmm. And are they too low to the ground? And this is where I think the experimental design would have to be sufficient enough to account for that because you could just have like a road, which is like, say, you know, road level, right? But then I think we need like a little higher little elevation where they kind of climb up to the top here, look for cars, look both ways, or if they do. And then kind of go down the little hill. Maybe it's a little slide to make it fun for them. And that will actually kind of, maybe that will like tilt the experimental design because maybe there's going up there just to go down the slide. But still, still, I, I think that might actually be a good experimental design to see if this is actually true. Well, whether they go up there or not would be irrelevant in this case. All that would matter would be what they do once they're up there. That's do true. they look to the left or to the right? Hmm. That's true. That's true. Cause and the- you would know if the only reason that they were going up there, because- that would only they would only look left and right. So maybe you're right. It would skew the data because they'd only look left or right if they were going to be crossing the street, right? Mm-hmm. But if their whole point of going down the slide is because it's fun and they want to go down the slide, you'll be able to weed out that data because you better fucking believe they're going back up there to mm-hmm. go down the slide again. They're mm-hmm. not just going down the slide once, Nathan. Ah. So if they go down the slide a bunch of times, you know they're just having fun. If they go down the slide and cross the street, that's the data. Count that data. Mm. Mm. so we can actually have like multiple studies going at the same time number one mm-hmm. studying lobsters who like going down slides number two studying lobsters that like to cross streets number three mm-hmm. studying lobsters that will kind of look both ways now the question is how can you encourage a lobster to cross the street bigger slide on the other side hmm. think about it you'll never get them back across the street but <laughs> that's not what we're, that's not what we're talking about. Okay. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the audience behind the curtain here. Here's another one Nate had. Why is aquamarine the worst color? It's really a great question. 
I mean, isn't even justifiably a color. Because this is my thought here. Like, people will just, like, take words and say, hey, this RPG pattern on the screen, this is uh, beige, or this is gray. And it's like, like, come on. Like, I know we can associate, like, any word to this thing, but is this actually, like, a real thing? Like, I, I get it is in some aspect, but... It's just a more complicated way of describing an RBG color palette. So you would describe it by numbers. So your issue isn't with the color aquamarine. Your issue is with the word aquamarine as a signifier of said color. Well, yeah. Yeah. And also, I think it's a stupid color, too, because like when people ever say like this is aquamarine, I look at it and like this is nice. But, you know, did you ever. OK, it is the word. I am like, did you need to get so fancy about this? Just say it's blue, like just light blue or something. Yeah. You're like, just say one, two, seven, two, five, five, two, one, two. Yeah. I, I get really annoyed when people like talk about colors and they're like, I'm just like, oh, hey, this is blue. And like, that's not blue. That's beige. Or, uh-huh. well, that's a pretty good distinction to make <laughs> between blue and beige, Nate. That's an important one. How so? If you were like, this is blue. No, it's Robin's egg blue. Okay. Maybe that's a little nitpicky depending on the case use. If you're picking out paint, very much matters. If you're talking about what color the sky is, probably doesn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if it's... <laughs> This is red. Actually, that's yellow. Actually, that's green. Those matter. Uh, let's take a stoplight, for example. <laughs> if you're like, it was green, and he's like, no, it's literally red. That <laughs> doesn't. That one doesn't even turn green. Mm-hmm. That matters. So blue and beige as a distinction matter much more than blue and light blue do. Okay. Do you? What's your thoughts on that general uh, topic? I'm always down for more distinction. Be as specific as possible. But what is that specific? What is that specificity? What does that specificity gain you? Uh, a better communication, because now we're talking. We know we're talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there might be things communicated that you don't even know, because if we're talking about the sky being. Uh, blue or uh, deep blue or robin's egg blue, that could be the difference between whether it's going to rain or not. And as a roofer, that matters to me a lot. I need to know when it's going to rain so that we can make sure we're not ripping off a roof and now someone's home is exposed and we could ruin all their stuff and that'd be awful. They trusted us. They trusted us with their roof and we went and we ripped it off when the sky was beige. Okay. I think my other issue with this is like the same issue with pasta. Like, yep. there's so many different fucking pasta types, and mm-hmm. people get very nitpicky about, like, what you're saying. Like, I, I don't know what stuff is. Like, oh, that's spaghetti. I Like, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, this is linguine. That's not linguine. That's Alfredo. Or this is, I don't, I don't know. Uh-huh. Like, I always get corrected on pasta stuff, and I, it drives me crazy because it's, it's all the same, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's essentially, like, the long pasta. There's, like, the long flat pasta. And then there's, like, the circular pasta. And uh-huh. I guess the spinny ones. And, uh-huh. and that's all you need to know. And, and the bow ties and raviolis and lasagna. That, that, and that's all of them. That, that, that's the flat one. And all that's all of them. Well, and, the but, flat one could be the other flat one. What's the other flat one? Linguini. What's that? That's the small flat one. Oh. 
Sounds that sounds pretty cool. Small. Flat. Is this why lobsters don't eat pasta? Because they don't know the difference. So they're always like, "I want pasta," and everyone's like, "I don't." There's too many to choose from. You gotta pick one, and they're like, "I don't know what they're called." I'm a lobster. It's a good chance of that because yeah, they're, they're they're probably just saying, "I want pasta," and yeah, they they're like, "What kind of pasta?" And like, "Yeah, just pasta," and you know, they try to explain it, and then they, the people just don't get it, and they just hey, get Nate, fed up with that. Hey Nate, why do so many people like brimming? Uh so I have some great ideas on that. Uh, what what are your thoughts first? I don't have any. I have zero thoughts on that specific question. Oh yeah. What? what? I mean, you know what rimming is, right? A lick in the butthole. Ooh, yeah. So, do you want to hear my real explanation for this? I asked the question. All right. Give Trying to get through all your memes. Turns out this one. Turns out, hey guys. Turns out the one about rimming wasn't the meme. The one about colors that one was a meme but the one about rimming nate's got a lot of thoughts about this one that are very serious uh let me try to like get my thoughts about this straight here because i i have the idea but it's been a while since i've revisited in my head okay revisit rimming nathan he's revisiting it right now for those listening he's looking straight up lots of blinking squinting He's looking at me like my narration is distracting him a bit. It, it, it's probably, I'm just going to wing it and I'm going to give it just a terrible explanation. <clears throat> okay, perfect. Okay, so imagine back in the day or just whenever, right? So people were kind of not clean. It's not entirely accurate because people had been clean throughout the history, right? But maybe not entirely. I mean, if you think about like a, a t- like t- tigers out in the wild or bears you look at them and they look pretty decent right because they spend a lot of time grooming grooming is a big kind of thing that animals and creatures do to present themselves number one to, to mates but also to keep themselves hygienic and you know clean there mm-hmm. so my theory here uh, also look at s- some other creatures like dogs for instance or a lot of creatures really uh, one of the things they'll do when they see a member of their own species is they kind of like, you know, smell their butt or kind of look in that area. And that's not like super uncommon for species, you know, kind of inspect that area and kind of get a smell uh, and, you know, see what's going on down there. So uh, you can kind of see where this is going a little bit, but I think it gives a little bit more here. So my hypothesis or theory is essentially I- imagine imagine that uh as a part of your ritual for having sex you you have this this operandi this this kind of action where you kind of like have your mate there and or your potential mate and then you kind of inspect them kind of physically making sure they're clean right because if they have lice or other certain diseases then that's a sign to kind of step away and then part of that process is checking out the the anal region so number one the the uh we're just talking like male female right now uh we can talk the other way around but let's just talk male female so the male will inspect the female and kind of just just generally but then they might check the uh, the region as well as the the butt area and if casey don't notice the the vagina is very very close to the anus and so they're very kind of linked together like if you have a clean clean butt or if you have a dirty uh asshole that's probably gonna start affecting the the vagina as well because they're so close together 
So part of the ritual in that is likely to be checking the ass, right? And I'm trying to get this thought here exactly because I forget how it worked exactly in my head. But uh, imagine, imagine you get a signal. So you're kind of restraining yourself from having sex with this person until you get some sort of verification. And so you, you check them out physically a little bit and then you check out those areas and then you see that they have a clean ass, right? And so this actually gives you a little trigger to get turned on or to initiate sex, right? And you just kind of get that sexual like impetus. And then typically what would happen is the male would insert its penis into the vagina. Now imagine that through maybe porn or maybe something like that, uh, there's exposure to the seeing of like a clean anus. Uh, and it's not just like a normal clean anus, but it's like a super, super clean anus. Like uh, it's it's starts forming as a super normal stimuli. It's something that which is not typically present in say everyday life as it is, but it's present in modern day life. So people see that and they get the sexual signal to kind of get turned on. But with enough exposure like that, the it's the clean, like the super clean anus that actually becomes the sexual turn on where they kind of look at it and that's what turns them on is seeing like a, like a nice ass. And then the sexual attraction, instead of being towards the vagina, it starts becoming towards the anus itself. And that is kind of the way that people kind of get, say, lulled into that. Uh, consequently, there's another strategy because that, that's kind of more like a restraint strategy uh, where you're kind of restraining your sexual like uh, motivation or action until you get that kind of that uh, final kind of like a little, oh, hey, everything checks out, everything is clean. Uh, you can have another sort of thing where uh, you, you kind of like have this disgust sort of response where uh, you kind of just will approach until you see something that disgusts you and then you'll kind of back off. But this is more like a deferred kind of sexual uh, advance, but th that's getting a little bit into the weeds. But anyway, that, that, that's the basic idea. Explain poorly. At what point does the tongue in the butthole become a thing? Because you're just talking about inspection. Mm -hmm. At what point are you like, now nah, I'm going to lick it? Are you like, dog lick butt, so I lick butt? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just kind of natural. I mean, whatever reason, we tend to expect things with our mouths quite a bit. It might be a, I, I, I don't know what that is exactly. So, so you're talking about oral fixation though? Yeah, a little bit, because it, it could be like one of those Freudian things. But mm -hmm. you think about it like, Almost anything to do with sex, we do with our mouths, uh, at least in Western culture. I'm sure it's similar with other cultures, but we kiss. You know, we don't only just kiss the lips, we kiss like cheeks, uh, neck, you know, uh, chest uh, down below, uh, oral type stuff. Some people will even kiss feet and everything. Is, is the implication you're making here that the enjoyment of rimming is had by the tongue and not by the butt uh oh also hold on the, the the licking of it actually might be a sort of a secondary kind of signal where it's kind of like you want to make sure it's extra clean and then so you put your tongue on it and then if there's no kind of uh you know say foul taste or anything that turns you off then you know it's extra clean <laughs> so, so it's, it's like an extra layer above it but so you're saying you do the old tongue inspection yeah yeah. What couldn't it just be it feels good? Like people think it feels good to have someone lick your asshole. I personally not interested, but mm -hmm. I that that is seems to be the Occam's razor here. Mm -hmm. So 
there's two questions there there's like whether it feels good or not which is one thing but there's also the sexual attraction to the behavior and Uh you can get like one level above that where you have the sort of the empathy sort of side right because maybe you do something for somebody because you know it makes them feel good right Uh but here i'm claiming more that there kind of becomes like a we can call it like a fetish in some way maybe it's not completely accurate but you can call it a fetish where people kind of get attracted to rimming and kind of asshole looking not just because of the sensations involved but because they get that attraction by like the go signal like hey go would that not be kind of niche though rimming well the specifically the fetish of liking being the giver of my assumption was that the receiving was the the part that people liked more than the giving part oh no that's and you seem to be the opposite no i i think more than often the people who kind of uh introduce it are the people who want to give it huh uh so why do so many people like ribbing? <laughs> now i want to know well okay so you I guess, say it's for the old tongue inspection because that's what dogs do so i think there's two things to it though because uh th- there's the question of like why people like rimming so why do people like doing it themselves mm-hmm. so, so that's more answering the question about the people who perform it and who are like uh not just like okay i'm doing this for them but i'm doing it for my own enjoyment why do they like doing it yeah but then there's other question of why do people like getting it done why people Uh like getting it done there's some very obvious answers there's a high you know say uh high quantity of nerve endings there for obvious reasons that area is very important to have clean for sanitary reasons and so anytime there's like one of those high uh, risk areas you just have a lot more nerve endings there just for the purpose of mitigating risk and it so happens that you can uh, stimulate these nerve endings through various means through licking through touching through you know whatever and that's why people find it flushable and not only are there more but they're probably more sensitive because they're touched in a delicate way much less or even just accessed much less Mm -hmm. like under your armpits is very sensitive because it's not you know there's always stuff touching it but it's not touched in certain ways Mm -hmm. yeah yeah a novelty effect and of course now you have to talk about the taboo because you usually bring up the taboo and i'm surprised you haven't yet uh i'm not sure what the taboo is but uh, i want to get this thought out real quick uh this is a kind of a similar thing with uh foot fetish a little bit because uh, maybe it's not true in every case, but there's a pretty well-verified idea that a lot of the uh, a lot of people pursue foot fetishes, or a lot of people like them because the because I forget what, the, I forget what region of it is is it pituitary pituitary? But there's a sexual part of your brain essentially that's kind of responsible for like your genital genital pressure. And then that happens to be right next to the section of feet. So like you have like the body mapping there. So it's like head, shoulders, blah, blah, blah. And, but then you have like uh, genitals and then you have uh, feet and they're right next to each other. And what can happen is that the wires can get a little bit crossed there because not, it's not like a clear distinction between these two regions. They can kind of get intermeshed with each other. So some people, they have them more intermeshed than other people. And so they can actually get sexual pleasure out of that intermeshing there. And that's why foot fetishes exist to some degree i see so your brain on accident goes foot sexy Uh uh and this is just explain like uh it's not 
it doesn't explain everything with the behavior, it, but explains some sort of impetus for that behavior. Because, you, you know, explaining a behavior like on an individual level is pretty impossible. But explaining it like some sort of mechanistic way is gets some sort of like a reasonable, you know, th- thoughts on it. But uh, going back to your idea, what's what's the taboo? Butts. Butts. It's just there's been a social taboo to do stuff with butts for all time. Mm-hmm. That's it. Why? Why it's do you think that? Taboo. That's just fact. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So it's taboo. Uh, yeah, a lot of religious affiliation and stuff like that. Uh, uh, my theory with that, and I don't think this is like that far gone, is that it has something to do with uh, this. Uh, people not being as clean back then. I mean, it's not the fact that they weren't trying, but it's just hard, especially you start getting these bigger societies that weren't built with uh, pr- proper water and everything. Like, it's very hard to actually get those areas clean. And you can imagine, like, a couple incidences happen where people start doing some butt stuff, which, you know, you can imagine if they were making rules about it that people were doing at some points, right? And so people started doing things and then they got disease or some sort of stuff some sort of infection which because either they weren't being thorough and their inspection didn't care or they didn't see things that were there because hey it's it's the ass right there's germs are tiny there's no idea like that so they may have seen it as like a omen from god and then that's just the meme that replicates whether they have a high degree of factual reality or maybe even no factual reality are there any more meme questions you have on here that we haven't talked talked about yet that we can make sure we cover? Uh, I don't know. This one just says the word animals, which not oh. sure what that means. So yeah, that one was just gonna. That, that's a real episode idea, just like okay. talking about animals and where our favorite animal is and stuff like that, or just okay. animals in general. I've now changed the organization, so we have the used ones down bottom in the real ones up top but not used ones uh-huh. i think all the rest of them are are actually good ones that we could have uh, an episode about uh-huh. mm-hmm. so we covered do lobsters always look both ways and obviously we, we need a slide-based experiment for that why yeah. is aquamarine the worst color and we found out nate doesn't know the difference between blue and beige why do so many people like rimming? And the obvious answer there is because dog do. And uh, what was the other one? Another lobster-related one? Uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't lobsters eat more pasta? Oh yeah, our our opening topic. Why don't lobsters eat more pasta? And I don't think we ever came up with a conclusion to that. Uh huh. Well, was- first, first of all, I want your thoughts on the rimming one because, like, I got some ideas there, but most more playing off. So, what, what's your what's your thoughts behind that? I don't have any. Oh, people it. people think it feels good, so they do it. <sighs> okay. Okay. I, I think very very little about it. I think way too much about it. It's <laughs> it seems that way. But to be fair, it's not just that topic. I, I like anything people do. I'm just like, why did they do that? Like, like they might have like a little weird thing in their step i'm like why did they step like that huh. yeah it's probably because of someone tongue punched their fart box <laughs> i definitely misread this one and i thought it said sell me on a bird 
Okay. But would that be would that be outrageous that you would have typed that? Oh, you're putting it in, aren't you? There it is. All right, we'll revisit that one in the future. So stay tuned for the sell me on a bird episode, and we'll both come ready to sell the other on a bird. See, that was an instance of mimetic like insemination, but mutation uh-huh. too, and it created something better. I'm so glad I could inseminate that meme. <laughs> so why do lobsters eat more pasta? Or no, why don't they eat more pasta? I think they eat exactly the amount that they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, that's all you can really do, because that's what we do. We only do all that we can. And mm-hmm. if we do more, then we're not being ourselves. We're being inauthentic. And if there's one thing a lobster isn't, it's inauthentic. Mm-hmm. They're always, they always bring it real, real talk. No cap. They always bring it. Hmm. Hmm. Those are words that are not just truthful, but they're inciting of feelings I've never had before. Uh huh. Like love, yeah. peace. Uh huh. And also a tiny bit of confusion. Mm hmm. Because I, I, I guess it does answer the question, but it just asks so many more questions in its own. That's like, true. why aren't we lobsters? Nate, we need to talk. <laughs>